National League Championship. They have beaten the Padres 4-3, and they celebrate on their home turf as the Phillies of the 2022 NL Champs. From WHYY and Billy Penn, it is hitting season. Hey there, podcast pals. I'm John Stolnes from The Good Fight and Billy Penn. We're going to recap Game 2 of the National League Division Series. Phillies and Braves. Phillies lose a heartbreaker, a crusher in Atlanta. 5-4. to four. They had a chance to put a stranglehold on this series. And for most of the game here on Tuesday night or Monday night, whenever this night, I, you know what, it's... Time has stopped for me, essentially, because of this um, because of this loss that, that the Phillies endured. Um, I had a, had a chance to put a stranglehold on this series, but in the end, uh, the Atlanta Braves found it. They they found it late, and um, and some mistakes by the Phillies cost them dearly in this one. And they'll head back to Philadelphia for Game Three on Wednesday night with the series tied one one. Joining me, my good friends Justin Clue and Liz Rocher. Justin from Baseball Prospectus. Uh, listen, man, I, I got to tell you, buddy, this is uh, this is one of those games where you kind of there's a part of me that wants to, to podcast about this game. There's a part of me that just wants to go to bed. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad we're here talking to you guys uh, to commiserate on this loss. A tough one for the Phils. Playoff experience extends beyond just to, to the players on the field. I think last year was a great reminder of what a playoff run can feel like when you are witnessing exclusively witnessing it and not participating in it directly. Uh, and I feel like a lot of people can use our playoff experience from last year to understand that right now you're going to feel really upset, uh, demoralized and uh, probably possibly putting on a, a one man play lit only by uh, a streetlight in which you <laughs> wax miserably about what, not only this loss, but what future losses await us. And I would just say, remember by like game time on um, what day is Wednesday. Today? Wednesday, game time on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I know what day it is. Um, I messed it up. You're so, going to yeah. be you're going to be ready to see the Phillies again. We know that from last year. You're going to be ready and probably excited to see them play at home. They're not even losing the series that they're playing in right now, and they 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 basically just exchanged wasted starts from aces with the Atlanta Braves. So I I don't know. I, I feel like we we can draw from our recent experience being in this exact situation to to understand that this doesn't have to mean anything more than the, tonight the Phillies lost a baseball game. Liz, is that how you feel? The Phillies just lost a baseball game tonight. Uh, I mean, I, I think I agree with the the thrust of Justin's point here, but um, it's uh, it's still this is a game that they had in hand. It seemed, but then again, you know, in baseball, you never really have a game fully in hand. You got to get all twenty seven outs, don't you? Yeah, it really, really hurts. Um, I definitely I agree with Justin. You know, Phillies just won a three game series by winning the first two games. They, you know, I. Just is totally correct. Uh, but it, it really does suck. Oh, that was not fun to watch. And I I I hated watching every single minute of that game. I hate being that person, but that was just it was very stressful in a way that game one was not like early on. I watched it alone, maybe that's why. I, I watched this game alone, which I, I'm I don't think I should ever be allowed to do ever again. 
<laughs> I mean, they're a very good, deeply imperfect team. They're going to play yes. a lot of yeah. games. They're, they're going to mess up a couple of times in every game, whether it's Trey Turner having multiple errors or Rob Thompson trying to squeeze an extra out out of a pitcher or how this game ended tonight. Like there's there's mm-hmm. going to be multiple screw ups and that's this team's yeah. MO. They just know they just learn how to play around them and as we were crediting them with back in September, they're they've got dense enough Nope, that's insulting. I was gonna say dense enough skulls, but <laughs> quick quick enough memories, I guess, to uh, that's wake better. up that's the next definitely day. Definitely more complimentary, yes. With, with a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. lack of object permanence and you know, they just put that loss in another room and it doesn't exist and they're gonna be able to to move on. I mean that that's this yeah. game that's this team's style of play. Let let's I'm gonna steal a line from Yellowstone. Let's put the crazy away for for a couple of minutes here. Well, let, let's let's put the let's put the emotional trauma up on the shelf for just a minute, and we'll take a step back and just kind of re- assess what we're looking at here. Because the reality of the situation I don't know if is that's possible, man. We're Come gonna on. give it a shot here, at least at least for a good thirty seconds. We're gonna give it a shot. Um, right. Zach Wheeler. Zach Wheeler obviously came out here in game two and was was shoving. Um, the Braves couldn't touch him. He's got a 4 nothing lead going into the sixth inning, but it slowly starts to trickle away. Phillies lose this game, of course, 5-4. to four. Series is tied 1-1. Nick Castellanos, after the game, I think had the quote of the year so far because he was asked... What is this? What kind of a loss like the? What kind of what does a loss like this do to you guys? And he says, "We thrive after we get punched in the face, man." And that I think is absolutely true. How many times in August and September did we see Bryce Harper hit his 300th home run, or Trey Turner hit a home run in Milwaukee, or against the Giants, or multiple times during the course of the last? four or five weeks of the season where the Phillies hit these dramatic late game home runs that either tied games or put them ahead and then went on to lose those games. And it didn't seem to affect them. It didn't send them into a losing streak. It didn't send them into a spiral because I think Nick Castellanos is right. This team does thrive after they get punched in the face. It it doesn't knock them down. It's almost like they shake it off and they get mad. Also, remember last year, Justin's talking about our collective fan base's playoff experience. Just look to last year. The Phillies lost 4 to nothing in Game 2 of the National League Championship Series. I'm sorry, they blew a 4 to nothing lead in game two of the NLCS against the Padres. It was a heartbreaker of a game. And then they came home and won the next three. Momentum in baseball, especially in the playoffs, is a myth. It doesn't really exist because... Let's look at the World Series. They blew the doors off the Astros in Game 3 of the World Series and then lost the next three. He, they got no hit the next night at Citizens Bank Park. There is there, Momentum in the playoffs is as good as, as however you come out the next night. And there... It doesn't Liz, really seem to to me to be that no matter despite what happened here in this game, despite Michael Harris's incredible play at the at the fence and turning the double play to end the game, and we can get into that more in just a couple of minutes. The the blown leads, the home runs, everything else. At the end of the day, that the series is tied one one, and these games largely don't have an effect from one into the next one here. Yeah, we just have to remember it feels bad right now. Like now, it stings a lot, but. Uh, hopefully in the light of day, everyone will remember sense and that the Phillies are actually a team that thrive when they're under the gun. That's just how they work. (laughs) It's how people with ADHD operate, which I strongly (laughs) suspect some of the Phillies might have judging by, (laughs) I don't know, Nick Castellanos. 
just a mm. guess. I'm not an armchair. I'm not armchair diagnosing, but you know, it, it, it's something that I I I recognize. You know, so yeah. Like I I don't doubt it. I don't think they're gonna have a problem picking themselves up. Like they did a lot of good things. You know, they left a lot of guys on base, and uh, you know, Jeff Hoffman wasn't great, but you know. He's been mostly reliable, and you know, I, this, it happens. This just happens. Yeah. It's like baseball yeah. games get lost. The Phillies did good stuff. They did bad stuff. The Braves did good stuff and bad stuff. Like the Braves looked s- super silly tonight at sometimes, and they very easily could have lost this game and almost did. And this yeah, and I the think Phillies that's one of the could have just barely won this game. Like. It could have gone either way. It's a baseball game. I think that's one of the most crushing parts about it um, is that the Braves did not look like a team that was going to win this game for the first six, seven innings. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I, I think we all saw that. And yeah, I, I, that's I, I would never tell people not to feel their their feelings like this is the whole point of getting as invested as we are, is that it's going to hurt when the team uh, drops one like this. Uh, but I'm just saying, knowing the amount of time between now and when the next pitch is thrown, by that time, enough time will have passed, and yeah. this this wound will have closed a little bit. It's got to because it's the playoffs. You know, it's the playoffs for us too. We got to yeah. be able to get back and and uh, dust ourselves off and get back out there because you know it's not it's not going to stop. And again, as Liz pointed out, their main thing they're they're doing wrong. It feels like in these postseason games is leaving leaving too many runners on base, and that was again the problem tonight. They've been getting mm-hmm. away with it, uh, but didn't get away with it tonight. And when uh, Zach Wheeler came back out and Rob Thompson decided he had earned uh, another couple batters, yeah, that's that's when the trouble started. And, yeah, you got to think, well, he was uh, a brilliant tactician in game one using his bullpen. This time, as far as the pitching staff goes and usage, yeah, maybe he waited a little too long to make a move. So these are these are the things the Phillies have to uh, work around in just about every game they play. They weren't able to work around them tonight. And the Braves are a really good team. So I, I feel like the next time these two teams square off, it's going to be in Philadelphia, and they'll have forgotten by then. So I, I really think this is still this is totally a viable series for the Phillies. Yeah, if the runs had been scored in in different in a different order, you know, like if if Darno hits his home run in the second inning, and then Realmuto hits his one in the fourth, you know, if it's not a four nothing lead, and 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 you blow that lead with five unanswered runs allowed by the Braves, this obviously obviously doesn't doesn't feel as as crushing it doesn't feel as bad it's the fact that these runs were acquired late in the game uh against a a tiring zach wheeler and against jeff hoffman who again has been has been so good uh there's a number of different things you touched on justin that i I think are important to talk about and that is that zach wheeler let's let's start with zach wheeler and his performance early and then the decision to pull him when rob thompson decided to pull him i mean he was he was so electric early he had the no hitter going into the sixth inning and and the dominance the way he was dominating that lineup uh uh, his first six outs of the game were all on strikeouts. Struck out the side in each of the first two innings of the game. Um, he was the uh, the first Phillies pitcher. Uh, no, he was the he's the first pitcher in baseball history to have six strikeouts and no hits allowed through the first two innings of a postseason game. No one had ever started off a game that dominant before, and the Braves looked demoralized. And I think that's I think that's what 
is really what really hurts about this loss was that the Braves looked demoralized against Zach Wheeler until the sixth inning rolls around, until until Ozzy Albies gets in that first hit and Trey Turner bobbles the throw coming back in from from Nick Castellanos, just kind of a careless play. It just it looked like the Phillies, you know, did, did let the, let their foot off the gas just a, a little bit in in the later innings here, and that was an example of that. Trey Turner did not have a good night in the field, but when you have a team, it just seemed like Wheeler was suffocating them, like holding their head under water but they managed to to wriggle free and so he gives up the run in the sixth inning but it's still four to one justin and he comes back out for the seventh inning and i think most the broadcast and certainly i think a lot of us at home were wondering if wheeler was going to get another inning given how aggressive rob thompson is in removing his starters but he brings he brings him back out for the seventh gives up the leadoff single on a rocket hit by matt olson to center field but then gets the next hitter on a strikeout and then up comes Travis Darno, and all night long, Zach Wheeler was hitting his spots, pinpoint location, everywhere he wanted to put the ball. That's where he put it. He hangs one sweeper, and Travis Darno hits it to to left field. So I guess the question everybody's asking themselves is: Did I think he left him in one hit or too long? In fact, I probably would have pulled him the second he gave up the hit to Matt Olson, but. Rob Thompson, I guess, was trying to to ride his ace, and last year he got burned when he didn't ride his ace when his ace got in trouble. So what did you make of the move to, to keep him in the game? Did he stay in too long? Yeah, I think I was uh, as surprised as anybody to see Wheeler come back out there. It felt like a natural stopping point for his performance of the evening. He had been so dominant early on, and everything was working. Like you were saying, he had, uh, man, when he started working inside on a, on a few of those guys, you're, he was pinpoint precision and it let you just almost relax during those at bats everything was working so well uh so when you know the parts start getting a little loose and things start wobbling it's time to start thinking okay he's he's nearing 100 pitches it's the playoffs anyway you want to be able he's already given us uh at that point so at that point it was six innings or seven uh six innings he pitched he missed he went six and a third so okay so it was, it was into the seventh at that point yeah um and you know that's that's a start. That's a, that's a Zach Wheeler start. That's a start you can you can expect from your frontline starter in the postseason. Obviously, you want these guys to go as deep as they can. But I feel like a quick hook is is kind of the guiding philosophy here with most of the starters. I think we agreed that was going to clash with Rob Thompson's natural inclination to you know be a player's manager and have that extend into trusting his pitcher perhaps even longer than he should. Uh, so those two things may not make sense together, but. Uh, I think everybody else was seeing uh, some evidence that Wheeler's night could have naturally ended after he got it after he allowed that first run, and the Phillies could go back to trusting their bullpen, which was going to be fresh with the off day, uh, and mm-hmm. go to the arms they trust the most. Hoffman being one of those arms. Uh, so, yeah, I I, uh, I think I think that was a surprising move for a reason. I think that was that was when Wheeler was showing. Okay, now you can go get him. I don't think you want to test the Braves with a pitcher. They're going to see they've been they've been hitting off of all night and perhaps getting used to and perhaps getting a beat on uh, as just as he's starting to get shaky. I think that was probably the time to pull him. But you know, at the end of the day, I love that Rob Thompson trusts his guys. It's just unfortunate sometimes trust you know backfires. Yeah, I mean, I think, Liz, we looked at that Wheeler start. We looked at how good he was doing getting into the seventh inning there. But it's a feel thing for sure. And I think most most people want it's so interesting that most of us in in the outside the dugout 
can feel a certain way about something, can feel like something's not going to work, feel like something should happen. And the manager and the pitching coach obviously had a very, very different feel of it entirely. And like we said last night, all of the moves Rob Thompson made, he looks brilliant because the players executed. In game two, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stand here and criticize Rob Thompson for looking at what Wheeler had done and saying, let's have him come out for another inning. Why not? Like, I don't blame him for for doing that. What mm-hmm. I do blame him for, I think, is it, it felt somewhat like there was no plan. After having everything so well planned last, you know, uh, on Saturday night, it felt a little like, well, let's just, you know, a little let's see what he could do instead of, all right, well, he's coming out now and... Then, you know, this guy's coming in and this guy's coming in. So uh, that's what struck me as strange. Because sending him out for another inning made it feel like, well, let's let's roll the dice. And I'm like, uh, I mean, I I can't say he, you know, it it looks bad because it, quote, didn't work. But, you know, he gave up three runs. Not great. Yeah, still a great but start, though. Still a great start. Like, I... What One of those happened, runs was like, unearned. What happened just yep. happens. It just, you can't, like... Yes, the ball came from Zach Wheeler's hands, and the decision was made to keep him in, but, like, you know, you, you could yeah. say you should have a, a quicker hook at the playoffs, and maybe they should plan for everything, but trusting Zach Wheeler is something that has gotten them very, very far. Yeah, and, right? it, and it will continue. It will continue to get them very, very far. I think because he is he's throwing he's throwing some amazing baseball right now. Now we saw it in the Marlins game in in game one that he kind of tired in the seventh, and I think he's maybe unloading a little bit more in the first six innings. And and maybe Rob Thompson needs to be kind of aware of that. It seems like he's he's emptying the tank a little bit more for the first two times through the order through the first six innings, and I think that's fine because you have all of these relievers and you have all of these off days. And Rob Thompson has said that this is this is why they have all of those guys so that you don't have to push your starting pitcher any more than you need to. So maybe this is a lesson learned moving forward and 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 hopefully the, the there'll be enough games moving forward. The Phillies are able to, to win enough games and move on that you can you can kind of put the lessons learned here in game two into practice. I'll say one of the, the other thing is specifically about the Jeff Hoffman uh, home run that he gave up to, to Austin Riley. Both with the Zach Wheeler pitch and the and the pitch from Hoffman to Austin Riley hanging breaking balls. Coming into the series, Rob Thompson talked about the fact that he liked his relievers against these Braves hitters because of the fastballs, because of how hard they throw and how much Atlanta struggles, how their slugging percentage is like in the 300s against fastballs 97 miles an hour or faster. And so I think they got too cute there. I think that was I think that was a bad pitch selection from from JT Real Muto in that spot. Austin Riley throughout the game and throughout the two games so far has been late on fastballs. And you can see on the home run, he essentially one-handed the ball out of the ballpark. He sped up his bat and he golfed one out. I I still don't know how that ball got out and Nick Castellanos's ball in the ninth inning didn't go out. Some bad luck on the for, for the Phillies here in game 2 as well. But but Liz, I, I question the pitch selection a little bit there, too. These guys have struggled with fastballs. The reason you have Zach Wheeler and you have Jeff Hoffman in these spots is because they have been having trouble hitting the fastball. 
man, just keep humping the fastball at them until they until they prove they can hit it to you. I just feel like they overthought it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that is, uh, I think that's the correct answer. Um, I can agree with it for sure. Um, I will say that the um, the announcing was absolutely over the top for this home run. Did you guys listen to it? Nope. Like mute. Yeah, he, yeah. Brian I Anderson really hated that excited. I had to. They were. I mean, <laughs> Frank Gore was practically giggling. Like it was yeah. just like, wow, look at this! Like there, there had been no at, at no point had there been that level of excitement in game one. It gave you now that the Braves were ahead and fulfilling the fulfilling the uh, the script that everyone believes is is out there. Then you know th- they could be excited. Yeah, I, I think it, I'm not going to defend. <laughs> I I mean, I think Brian Anderson and Jeff Francoeur they they're they are what they are. Brian Anderson, I thought had a good call on the last uh, last play of the game because that truly was exciting, and it is exciting mm-hmm. when the home team, who's down one nothing in a playoff series, hits a go ahead home run. I mean, really, the the narrative of this game, the flip, the script that got flipped was so dramatic. I think that that in, in large part led to the the way the announcers called that home run. Like the Braves looked dead and buried in this game. Like they they were steaming towards a two nothing hole. This was the storyline. Like you could see the storyline playing itself out. The Phillies get a 4-0 lead. Zach Wheeler shutting down this high-powered Atlanta offense who suddenly has gone cold. And now the Braves, this 104-win team, are in danger of their series being over. And then all of a sudden, it flips. And I think, you know, then the crowd starts getting into it. And and they, they are riding the, the wave of the crowd. We'll see how the announcers do in Game 3 and 4 if the Phillies are, are kind of riding their crowd a little bit and the excitement level there. But, you know, I think... It's just it's one of those things where Justin the the momentum seemed to be heading in one direction and then it it totally changed on a, on a dime. What did you make of the pitch selection there? Uh interesting, unfortunate, and ultimately unpleasant. I guess is how I would categorize that. Uh, I mean the the danger. I mean you mentioned momentum. The danger of uh, of losing momentum is always present. Uh, especially the later into the game you get, especially in a close game, especially in a close playoff game. Uh, but the whole idea of momentum is that it's going to swing from one team to the other. And that just because the Braves ended the game with it doesn't mean they're going to like maintain it. So, I, I mean, Phillies, as far as like you mentioned, learning from this experience... I don't know if the, I don't know if they do that. Uh, I think they kind of just <laughs> throw themselves at the game, throw themselves at the opponent, throw themselves into the gears of the machine, and just see how how badly they can mess it up. Uh, I I feel like that's that's kind of the approach they've taken here. When you've seen a lot of aggressive uh, at bats, you've seen them nonstop running on the bases. Uh, occasionally, it it hasn't worked out. Uh, there were a couple of innings where uh, some of their best hitters were popping the ball up or swinging at pitches maybe they shouldn't have. Whereas early on, they were getting more positive results from that. Uh, obviously, we're aware of how many bases they stole in game one. Uh, added a couple more tonight, I believe, uh, at least mm-hmm. one. But like that, that's what they're, they're, I, I like that they're constantly applying pressure, and yeah. that's that's a great way to play against a Braves team that has been utterly dominant in the National League. Uh, but it's also kind of the only way this team can play against them because if you try to go tit for tat, you know it's the Braves. They're really good, so you gotta just you gotta you gotta play maybe adjust your game plan a little bit, maybe adjust the pitch selection that you're gonna throw at them in the later innings. But ultimately, don't take your foot off the gas because 
you let them in, they're going to take up as much space as they can. Yeah, I, I just thought they went away from their game plan. What they said there was their game plan coming in coming into the series there on, on those two pitches, and they were trying to fool Austin Riley on that uh, on that two strike uh, on that two strike sweeper, uh, and uh, obviously he did. He got him out in front of it, but uh, Austin Riley's a, a really good hitter, and it is important to remember this is a good a good baseball team. And the worry, of course, is you know I've seen this a couple different places. Uh, they they woke up the Braves. The Braves wo- they 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 woke them up. The Phillies woke up the Braves, and now now here they come. And that of course, again. Well, they got another. They got another what? Another forty-eight hours till the next game, so the Braves will go to sleep again. We know how they don't like. Well, is that going to be too long a layoff for Atlanta? Yeah. Like, a, a, it can, might should, be. Should we... Everyone's just should... complaining. Brian Snicker complained, uh, sort of awkwardly complained about it uh, during the the one of the the dugout interviews in the middle of the game. Yeah, it was Let, bizarre. This is such a strange argument that that has risen up. I was trying to just accredit it to the fact that it was like you know the second full day in a row before a Phillies game and that there just were topics that you know people threw out there to pass the time until another game had been played but holy crap the discourse today was just yeah. I didn't even see an argument like what is the argument for this what all this really is has just been Braves want to win their fans want to win they didn't win game one they would have rather have won game one and now they're kicking and screaming because they didn't win game one the whole system's got to change because they didn't win game one well, I'm not going to look into what Braves fans are saying now, uh, but I'm assuming that their thoughts about changing the format have changed since, you know, earlier today. Probably. No. I mean, and Ken Rosenthal writing that, you know, picking apart the post, the new postseason format, uh, you know, like doing that just lends that credibility. Like it's been a season and a third of it. Like, there's nothing to change. This is, by the way, yeah. this is what MLB wants. There's, there, No one is changing anything. MLB right. wanted this, and this was negotiated. This is not going anywhere. I had an argument with someone today about expansion and how, and how like, once expansion comes, they're going to get rid of that, that first round vibe. Like, no, no one's ever getting rid of that. That's never, none of this is going anywhere. You can add no, more teams till yeah. the cows come home. This is how it is now. We're going to have right. to have all these rounds because this is now how they make money. And if you'd ask Brian Snitker and Dave Roberts if they would have preferred to play in the wild card round or get the first round by, I guarantee you they're 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 wanting the buy every single time. Maybe they don't want five days off. Maybe they want to figure out a way to make it shorter than that. But I mean, people have to understand that the the regular season is no longer how you get to the World Series. Back in Bobby Thompson's day, when he's hitting the shot heard round the world to win the pennant, yeah, you played the regular season 154 games, and then if you win National League or the American League, you're in the World Series. It doesn't work that way anymore the 93 Phillies were one of the last teams to be able to really use a regular season as a as a way to get to the World Series you only had to win one playoff series in order to get there with wild cards and especially now with three there's just no way to make that work and I wrote an article for the good fight about that on on Monday there's just there's it's a stupid silly argument and of course everybody we all wasted our time talking about it today Um, and now here the series is tied 1-1 and I think a lot of folks this is how we all saw it going down you know we saw this being a a longer series I think most of us thought that the these two teams would split it just happened in a very weird way in a way we we didn't like and I I won't I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm not worried that we didn't wake the Braves up. I, there, there is a worry in, inside me that really 
could see this thing going going south. I just don't it's not I don't think it's likely given the home field advantage that Citizens Bank Park has become and what we've seen from this team over the last 2 years. This is a resilient um uh, a, a group that that really doesn't let the 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 these negative games, these negative swings of emotion knock them down. They don't seem to have any emotion when it comes from from game to game. They don't they don't get down on themselves like like they did before they made the playoffs. And so I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to come out in game three and play really well. The, uh, the Braves still haven't announced who they're even going to start in game three. And I think Aaron Nola is going to pitch really well in game three on, on, on Wednesday night. But, you know, it's there is that fear inside of me that, yes, they had the Braves pinned to the mat and they they almost had the three count and the Braves got that shoulder up and then the Braves rallied. You know, they 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 hulked out on us. They went Hulkamania, you know, they, you know, threw us against the ropes. We got the leg kick in the face, and you know, now now they're waving to the crowd, ear, you know, hand to the ear. I went full Hulk Hogan here, guys. I don't yeah, I don't I'm, know. I'm, this this really got away from you. I, yeah, it got, yeah. got away from me. <laughs> let, let me try to reel it in. Be, because right. I do think I, I think, you know, one of the frustrating things about this game, and I think and I, you, one of you hit on this a little bit earlier. The reason they lost this game, I think, is not necessarily because of the home runs by Jeff Hoffman and by Zach Wheeler. It's the fact that the offense was not able to add on early. Four runs, a 4 nothing lead, yes, you should be winning that game probably 85% of the time, especially as it gets into the seventh inning. But in the, in the first inning, they had the bases loaded with two outs. Um, they actually had four hits in that first inning, yet only scored one run because Nick Castellanos had some bad luck on his, uh, on his single to left field with runners on first and second. It was hit too hard, hit right at the left fielder. They couldn't score. Um, uh, JT, uh, uh, they couldn't score, what was it? Uh, who was on first? It was uh, oh, Bohm. They couldn't score Bohm from second base on the play and then Bryson Stott grounds out with the bases loaded so they're turned away there uh in in the third inning that's the inning JT Real Muto uh hit his hit his long two-run home run looked like that was going to be the big blow of the game there for a while but Bryce Harper's at the plate in the fourth inning first and second and two outs and and he grounds out he can't take advantage of it um you've got uh Christian Pache uh, and uh and Nick Castellanos um Oh, that's right. That's the inning that Castellanos uh, scored on the sacrifice fly, so they, they did convert that inning. But numerous opportunities here. In the in the sixth inning, you had Kyle Schwarber lead off the sixth with a single. Alec Bohm walks. It's first and second. I mean, they, they had they had uh, uh, Max Freed on the ropes this entire game. But then with runners on first and second and one out, you got Bryce Harper and Real Muto coming up. Harper pops out. And JT Real Muto pops out. And then after that, the bats went cold. So they had their opportunities early, Justin. And then it they fr- they frittered those opportunities away. And as you're watching it, two for eight with runners in scoring position, 11 runners left on base. You just had this feeling that they were that they were wasting too many opportunities. And and the end of the at the end of the day, they did. Yeah, we had that feeling in game one too, and they were able to hold on and win. So I I I feel like those are. I feel like the ominous wave of dread that starts to come over people when close games enter the seventh, eighth inning is going to have is more common than it's made out to be. Like that's going to happen every time. If I'm judging people's reactions frequency, that's going to happen every time. I don't think this game was special in that way. I think people would have been nervous if they had still been up four one or four nothing at that point. They would have still been concerned uh, about a, a sudden surge from the Braves. Uh, so I think I think that's just the natural fear of reaching the late innings in a close postseason game, um, but yeah, I, I 
I guess I'm just not as alarmed because uh, the one thing we've been crediting this team with uh, consistency-wise throughout the entire season is is maintaining the kind of vibes that Nick Castellanos was able to give people at the end there. Um, that was uh, I think that's gonna that's gonna do a lot for people. And uh, yeah, this is a team that has not successfully done one thing for the entire season. Uh, they are the kind of team that can go up three nothing quick, and then somehow the game ends on a whoopsie daisy double play on a fly ball. Uh, the postseason is going to be full of frustrating moments, and I never thought the Phillies were going to sweep their way into the World Series. So these losses were, to an extent, inevitable. Jeff Hoffman, great season. He's going to throw a bad pitch at the wrong time at some point. These are just the law of averages. Uh, the good news about the Phillies not scoring when they have the opportunity is that they give themselves a lot of opportunities. They so do. The, the law of averages again comes into play that they're going to start coming through more in those opportunities. And I think Citizens Bank Park, where they play really well and the crowd's going to be behind them, is a great chance to start doing that. Yeah, and Liz, if you look at it in the ninth inning, it took a it took a phenomenal play from from Michael Harris to keep the Phillies off the scoreboard. It it really did look like it, when Nick Castellanos hit that shot to to right center field, that thing looked like it was either going out or was going to be off the wall. And that man made a tremendous leaping grab at the fence. And then uh, we should probably talk about Bryce Harper's uh, base running on that on that play where he's around second, heading towards third as the ball is caught. Uh, Rob Thompson was asked about that after the game and essentially said. Bryce probably should have stopped, and usually what they teach runners to do is to stop in front of the the bag in case the ball's caught, so you can so you can head back to first. But I, I was kind of okay with it, to be perfectly honest with you, because it finished it off. They needed that run. What's it? Say what? I was gonna say, like it it held it held the game just in. They, I, I felt like they were gonna lose, so yeah. I was well, I mean, it, and if that ball falls. Up. And if that ball falls, Bryce Harper scores the tying run. Like I, if he's if he's standing there at second base and the ball falls, he might not score in in that situation. So I'm I would it would have been better if they had not gotten doubled off. But I, I think you're right. At that point in the game, the 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 die may have been cast, especially Michael Harris making that play. It was so reminiscent of JT Rail Muto's should have been double in Game Five of the World Series that Chaz McCormick went up and stole uh, against the right center field fence. That really was just an awful way to end the game. That was an unpleasant way for the game to end. Justin is right. The Phillies have a lot of opportunities, and that's why it feels so frustrating when they don't capitalize. But as as long as they can keep doing the opportunities thing, they're going to be fine because now they're going to Citizens Bank Park next. Mm -hmm. And if they could win both of those games... Yeah. Then they've won the series and they've then done that before. Like I was going into the game thinking they've won a lot of games in a row. They are kind of due for a loss. And if they're going to lose one, this is probably one to lose. Like it would suck to lose the the Zach Wheeler start, but they're about to go back to Philadelphia. And I'd rather them go back there with something to gain, with something to to win in both games. So the crowd will but, really have an effect. Like, everyone will be there, too. Like, the, now the Braves have to go into Citizens Bank Park. So, good, good Yeah, luck. I mean, and that's true. They, 
it, it's not an easy place to play for sure. And, um, you know, I, it's it's going to be a tough task for, for Atlanta to, to win a game there. It will also be a tough task for the Phillies to take both games. The, the Atlanta Braves are very good. And uh, this was, you can't, you can't hide the fact that this was an impressive victory for them. But that being said, the Braves pitching staff is, is kind of in tatters right now. Um, they don't know who they're going to start in game three. It could very well be Bryce Elder, who was lousy down the stretch. The Phillies scored a bunch of runs on him uh, the last time they saw him uh, in Atlanta. Uh, and so you got, I mean, even, even if your confidence level isn't sky high with Aaron Nola, I think we've seen Aaron Nola over his last three starts is pitching as well as he has the entire year. You feel good about game three. And then in game four, I don't know who the Phillies are going to start, whether it's going to be Chris Sanchez or whether it's it's going to be Taiwan Walker. But um, I also don't know who the Braves are going to start in, in game four either. So, you know, it's going to probably be more offense in, in Philadelphia. It's going to be it's going to be a really interesting two games and the crowd will certainly have its have its impact. But, you know, it's this was an opportunity lost by the Phillies here uh, in, in game two. And uh, it's, it's, it's going to hurt a little bit. But I mean, so I guess we are doing a tailgate. I should probably mention that we're going to be doing another WHYY tailgate from the Jethro lot uh, in a couple hours before uh, first pitch on on Wednesday night. So we'll probably be, I think we're going to be there around like 2.30, something like that with WHYY, with with free beer and drinks and all kinds of other stuff uh, for folks. So we encourage you to, to, to stop on by and say hello and be a part of the podcast. And I, I'll be very interested, guys, to see what the fan base is um, what the vibe is going to be, because I think that's, and we can probably end on this, like the vibes coming into game two and really even during most of game two just were so, so pristine. They were so clean. It really did feel like the Phillies were putting their foot down on, on the Braves and, and establishing themselves as the team to beat in the national league. And now it's a slobber knocker again, which we all thought it was going to be, but I guess, I, I guess I wonder what the fan base, Justin is going to feel like uh, on, on Wednesday going into game three. What are you expecting? Uh, I'm expecting this to kind of roll off people's backs uh, in the next 18 hours. Uh, I think by the time people are starting to tailgate, I forget when lots are going to open, but typically it's going to be you know a bunch of hours before first pitch. I think by the time the first couple cars roll in and the first beer is cracked, I think people are just going to be ready to see the Phillies again. Uh, this is still a team people. Uh, the, the, the appeal of the Phillies has slowly been expanding throughout the playoffs, starting with the wild card series. I don't know if you have noticed this, but their their appeal on a national level, I was starting to see more people be like, oh, wow, like, have you watched the Phillies? They're clearly uh, the, the chosen team of these playoffs. Uh, and they quickly they had a, they, they seem to be in a place where they they could become the main character. So, oh, yeah. I think that uh, the people who have been rooting for this team for the past few months who already have their tickets to see them play in a playoff game, I mean, guess what? The good news is now you get to see them twice instead of just once when they would clinch if they had won tonight. So yeah. I think by the time uh, the game is here, by the time people are rolling into the parking lot, by the time, you know, it's a beautiful fall day, presumably in my head anyway, uh, by the time they're showing up at our tailgate, uh, they're gonna, this loss is going to be a thing of the past. They're going to remember, hey, look, we're not even down in the series. It is an even series. This is the goal when you start a series on the road, a short series on the road, is to split in the other team's ballpark. That is that is the goal. The other win, if you get it, is a bonus. This this was this yep. is the plan all along. So the plan has been executed. Here it is. Like we this is mostly a success except for the loss part. The loss part's gonna suck. 
I wish they had won, but I think that I just don't think people are going to linger on that. I think it's the playoffs. You got to get out of bed, ready to see the next game, and just kind of let last night roll off you. And I think this team is equipped to do that. I think the fans are equipped to do that, and I think the reputation Citizens Bank Park has uh, is is just too strong to withstand any kind of negativity that lingers following this loss. Yeah, Liz, I'll tell you, I think the fans uh, have a have a have a harder time doing that than the players will. I think the players <laughs> will have no problem letting this game go. But what, what are you what are you looking for? Uh, what do you think the fans are going to? How, how are we going to react after uh, going into Game Three? I think the fans are fans are going to be incredibly loud and angry because the Brave took that game away from the Phillies. They did have it in hand for most of it. Uh, and, you know, there are a lot of reasons why they lost, but the most important thing is that we're all angry about it still. And I know that we yes. want it to be forgotten, but the point is that we're still angry at the Braves. We don't have to be angry about the loss. We could just direct that anger towards the Braves. Everyone who's mm-hmm. going just has to remember. Let them know constantly how much you hate them. That's, that's that's it, and I I have no doubt that Phillies fans are will know exactly what to do and when, you know when to yeah. when to deliver the most devastating blow to you know whatever is happening at the moment for the Braves. I and if they thought it was loud before, you know now this is a bunch of Phillies fans who think all right we got to get the lead back. This is yeah. this is on us now. We gotta we gotta yeah. step it up, which exactly. is a terrifying thought. Yeah, I only hope that it doesn't uh, turn ugly in, in a game and the fans turn south. But again, I don't think that's this fan base anymore. I think this fan base is, is largely, uh, a, a, not largely, a hugely net positive force. And I think, um, you know, the broadcast mentioned it tonight that it's the best home field advantage in sports right now. And we it truly just, is. We just spent a summer learning about the power of positive thinking. That's exactly right. <laughs> let's let's keep, we, yeah. we're not that fan base anymore. We're not the negative fan base anymore. I really, I really don't think we are. I mean, don't get me wrong. The angry gerbil that lives in the heart of every Philadelphia is still very much alive. But very we true. did, we did learn that, you know, being, being a little more positive is, is, you know, has its benefits. And, and I will also remind people that game twos for the Phillies historically they really have trouble in game twos, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. but and most of the time, and most of the time they win the series. They, they in 20, 2008 NLCS, they lost game two. They won it in five in the world series. They lost game two, won it in five, 2009 NLDS lost game two, won it in four, 2009 NLCS lost game two, won it in five, 22 NLDS last year, lost game two, obviously won it in four, lost game two of the championship series last year, won it in five. So this team bounces back. They usually do really well in game threes. Obviously you're not going to win all those series after losing game two unless you win game three. Um, and I will also just mention, I was reading an, an AP article just a, a second ago as as we were kind of looking at potential starters. Um, the AP mentions uh, that Atlanta has yet to name its starter for game three. Phillies are expecting to see either Bryce Elder or a human being named A.J. smith Shaver, a 20-year-old rookie who has made five starts for the Atlanta Braves this year, one in September, one in July, and three in June. He has a 4.26 ERA in those five starts, six games. He's only pitched 25 and a third innings at the big league level. Has given up seven home runs in those uh, in those six games in those 25 and a third innings. So, um, no matter if if that's the dude in Game Four, you like even if you know with Ranger Suarez or if it's Chris Sanchez, it's probably not Ranger Suarez. If it's Chris Sanchez or whoever, um, it's still probably a matchup in the Phillies' favor. So, yeah, I, I will just say. 
a rookie pitcher the Phillies have never faced before. That is terrifying. You're right. I thought about it. You were, to, yeah. They're either going to destroy him immediately or he's going to no hit them into the seventh. That's, that's, that's just how it works, guys. Fair. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's probably that's probably very fair. That's been our history. Um, all right, well, let's wrap up this uh, this uh, recap edition here of uh, of Game Two of the NLDS. Obviously, a disappointing night for for Phillies fans, but we hope uh, we've been able to help keep this in perspective a little bit. Justin, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, just that this, uh, it, I think it's okay to go into Game Three expecting a win, despite despite all the X factors. Uh, I think it's yeah. You know, I don't think it's that hard to be positive about this team, even after a loss uh, at this point in the season. Um, and also, I will be uh, covering the two Phillies home games of the NLDS for Baseball Prospectus as well. Uh, I have been covering them. Yeah, I covered them for in the wild card game, and then I came down to Baltimore and covered the two Orioles games that were um, not good for the Orioles. <laughs> um, but if you've been following that coverage, it's going to continue throughout the NLDS uh, when the Phillies are home. So. A lot. The Justin's game recaps are like nothing you've ever read before in in terms of game recaps. They're they really are phenomenal. So uh, make sure that you're uh, reading Baseball Prospectus to get Justin's recaps, especially uh, these Phillies recaps. They're 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 pretty phenomenal. Liz, any final thoughts from you? Yeah, I'm gonna harp on the announcers again because they bothered me. I would like to request that if uh, one of the color guys actually played for the team that he's calling a game for, they have to be forced to add a Phillies broadcaster of the same caliber, a former Phillies player of the same caliber to the broadcast, or replace him with a neutral broadcaster, like a guy from the Braves well, who hates the Jeff Frank Court played for the Phillies. I was going to say, you know what we're going to say yeah, now is that I know, no, no, I know played. that, <laughs> but he played for the he played for the Braves for a lot longer. I yes. know, I much know. more meaningful Braves. Yes, presence, for much sure. more I'm meaningful. Sure he thing. is not like uh, I remember him playing for that, and he played for the Mets too. But he's a Braves guy. That's where that's who we came up with. So. Like I, they need to, they need to add a counterweight because I was not pleased. Not Jeff Francoeur got got trapped in a closet in the minor leagues because his teammates tricked him. <laughs> I think we should just be happy he's alive. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Beggars can't he be choosers. Through the ceiling. Oh, it's fantastic! Great story. I do love that. I do yeah, love that story. Um, but yeah, it was not. It's. I, I think Brian Anderson was fine. Yeah, Jeff Francoeur, I could. I could absolutely do without. Um, but it's not a great. It's not. I miss Joe Davis. Joe Davis was so good last year. Just he should just call everything. It's just. It's a shame. Um, all right. Well, listen, folks. Uh, just want to remind everybody that about our tailgate on Wednesday afternoon at the Jethro Lot. Um, you can go to the to Billy Penn's social media accounts and you can find all the details there. We've retweeted it out on our social media accounts as well. Uh, but we're looking forward to seeing you all there. And I think uh, we are going to. I think I agree with uh, Justin and Liz. I think we're going to find a fan base that's excited for Game Three, not dwelling on this loss. I think it's good that there's an extra day in between, uh, so fans can kind of get past it and we can get ready for game three but we hope to see you all out of the jethro lot uh for the whyy billy penn hit and season tailgate uh, on wednesday afternoon we'll be out there a couple hours before the first pitch and so we hope to see you there and that'll do it for this edition of hit and season as well we'll be back at you uh with a recap episode after game three uh, and after Game 4 and forever, however long this thing goes here in the postseason, Red October coming back to Philadelphia for Game 3 on Wednesday night. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We will talk to you next time right here on Hitting Season.